0: Lobbies in that sense, right? It's like, how do you make this right. kind of funny space feel, feel different? Or maybe in some cases, you swap it and you make the formal living the dining because it's bigger. And then you actually make mm-hmm. the smaller dining space now like a little wine lounge with like four four arms. And yeah, they're making legit. it like this medical life science. Is <laughs> I don't it. know what that
1: means. A life science campus. It's $4 billion. A
0: they're going to make a bunch of clones and you know i'm sure yeah. it's going to be like <laughs> all the dna stems and you know stem cell stuff <laughs> i don't know this is why we do real estate <laughs> and they do
1: life science stuff we think they're doing clone stems and stuff like that <laughs>
0: You are now listening to the Real Estate Heavyweights Podcast. You see this guy here staring back at you? That's your toughest opponent. Every time you get into the ring, that's who you're going against. I believe that in boxing, and I do believe that in life.
1: Your weekly deep dive into DFW real estate, life, and beyond. With your hosts, Tavis Westbrook and Ashton Hines. Well, good morning, everybody. It's Ashton Hines, one half of the real estate heavyweights. I'm here with my good friend, Tavis Westbrook. What's going on, Tavis? What's up? What's up, brother? Not a lot. Well, I would say that it's, that's not true. It's a lot. We got a lot going on. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know... Uh, This is our, our, we come to you twice a week. We've got uh, this podcast we try to do on Fridays, which is a little bit more of an overview of the real estate industry. We've got another one that's a deep dive into flipping. And you might be thinking to yourself like, why should I even care? Well, uh, a little bit about me. If you don't know, I uh, work full time as a a home health physical therapist assistant. I help people after they get home from surgery and that sort of thing, help with their balance and all that. All day, every day I'm driving around doing that. But I also have my real estate license. I help people buy and sell. I've got a list coming up, super excited about. And uh, I also wanted to get into real estate investing. So a couple years ago, I took the leap and I'm on my flip number four. I made a lot of mistakes early on. And fortunately I connected with a guy that I had known about for a long, long time, Tavis Westbrook. And he slowly started, uh, I think maybe just out of pure empathy, just started helping me out because he just saw this... He was tired of seeing blood in the streets, and he said, "Look, hold on. Let me let me send the guy, and then said, let me send another guy. Let me let me come walk this for you." So, Tavis has flipped over 200 houses. He's been doing this for a long time, like 12, 13 years. He's got commercial. He's got uh, midterm rentals, and he he's really good at flipping and wholesaling. So. Um, that's, that's our, our thing, you know, I'm getting going and he's been doing it a long time. So we, we bounce ideas off of each other and try to help each other out. So speaking of right before this, we actually had to postpone our, our recording a little bit today because Tavis has, he's working a deal live. He's, he's
0: waiting for information <laughs> to come by. He's got a deal working. So give us a little update on that, Tavis. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's funny how, how this business works. And I was just telling somebody this a couple days ago you know, this business is hard to scale, but it's also, it's hard to determine what's going to happen one thing from the next. So you just have to be consistent in looking for deals every day and making phone calls, making connections, having conversations and looking for opportunities day in and day out. Um, so last week I was, I was kind of complaining that, you know, I, I needed to do something different with strategy and I, I, still, obviously there's some things that, uh, I should definitely pivot and change in my business model. But, uh, last week, uh, the issue was, you know, I was getting frustrated cause I was getting bit out and, um, I wasn't missing them by much, but, uh, I missed a couple deals and it was just a lot of competition. And this week, you know, I got, um, we got some leads by some old sphere, man. A lady that uh hit me up on Facebook Messenger actually. Cool, it, it actually might have been generated from uh from our podcast, to be honest with you. So, and nevertheless, uh, what
1: yeah, it's already paying off.
0: I think so. Yeah, so no, so awesome. th- the funny thing is that the last time we communicated through Facebook Messenger was 2012 with this, this agent that reached out to me. And, um, it was on a deal and it was actually, she was representing a buyer and I was flipping it and she was kind of late to the table. I already had an offer on it. And so anyways, that was our last conversation. (laughs) It showed up on Facebook messenger. It it was the last feed right in that messenger thread. I was like, Holy crap. So anyways, we connected and it was a deal in Wiley and, um, we were able to come up with a, with a scenario. It was, it's one of those convenience deals, right? Um, You know, Mm -hmm. the gentleman that owns it hasn't lived in the house in about six months. Daughter lived there, destroyed the house, basically, you know, dog pissed everywhere. And so all the carpet was ripped out Mm -hmm. and, um, he's moving on to bigger and better things. Uh, he's owned the house for many, many years. So it had a lot of equity in it. Great neighborhood, great property, big house. Um, I really wanted to take it down and flip it. Um, that was my goal just cause I was like, man, I can, I can probably get in this thing and knock it out pretty quick, even though it's a big project, but I can do this and probably 45 days. Um, it's pretty clean deal built in 2003 house, mm. but it was like 3,700 okay. square feet or something. Right. Um, so anyways, long story short, we went back and forth a little bit. We were able to ink a deal. It's going to be a wholesale model in order to make it work that, you know, made sense for, for everybody to kind of go that direction, um, to get the seller more yeah. net. So I, I got squeezed on the net side and I was like, well, doesn't make a lot of sense for me to flip it now. So let's, let's go this direction. On the other hand, uh, I got a lead yesterday on one in DeSoto and, uh, just going back and forth, trying to make that deal work. So <clears throat> we're close. We'll see what happens. But anyways, yeah, yeah that's, uh, stuff happening. That's what's going on on this side.
1: Cool. Yeah, for me, I mean, we're heading out of town, going to Indianapolis today for a marching band competition, the national uh, competition for the high school marching band. So we're we're headed out. But I've got a listing that's going live tonight um, on the retail side. You know, uh, Josh, our producer, our technological wizard, he's wanting to move, and so we're helping him out. We're going to list his house. So we're getting all that going and uh, getting a sign in the yard this morning, lockbox on the door. I ran by the flip over in Mapleton. Uh, we're scrambling. We're trying to get that listed by next week. Um, it's raining today and I saw a slight little stain on the ceiling the other day. I was like, okay, let's just make sure something's not leaking. And so the roofers going over there, stain floor guys there, hardware is supposed to happen tomorrow, plumbing. Everyone's supposed to like, land on that house tomorrow. So just trying to get everything um, lined up before I, I leave town. So it is a mad scramble. So
0: <laughs> I was going to say, it's funny going through this with you because I, I kind of take it for granted, right? Like, I mean, doing these and, and it's always the 12th hour, uh, push mm-hmm. and headaches. And you have to be very, very strategic on the monopoly place. Right. And we've talked about this a little mm-hmm. bit. It's like, wait, 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 don't call him yet. Cause you need to call this guy first. And This guy's set for Friday. And so you're trying to plan things three, four or five days ahead to get the dominoes to line up. Exactly right. And you have Mm -hmm. to leave enough contingency in there to say, well, if this person doesn't finish on this day, then he at least Mm -hmm. has a little bit of breathing room. And then we stack this person and then, you know, you're getting the stager involved. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, the stager, they want notice and they've got to set their schedule Mm -hmm. so it's a lot of little moving pieces to to get it all the way to the finish line and get it get it right but that's also why when you look in the market i mean how many flips have you shown buyers before that are not ready you know like you're like right this thing's not done they're still working here Mm -hmm. there's all these you know like loose ends appliances may not be in light fixtures you know fan may not be in like it's a lot of little loose ends, right? That don't make sense. So at least, in your case, kind of learning this and going through it, you know, things are things are stacking up to uh, to get it right.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, it's really coming together. You know, we've had it for 14 months. Not your ideal time frame. You know, we had to pause that, for a while no, because of the no money. Way. It hasn't
0: been 14 months. Mm, I think you closed this. Cool. No, well, we're going into 13. Year. If we're I'll going double check. To, but going we're going we we might be going into 13 right now. <laughs> You're right at the twelve yeah. month
1: mark right now. By the time we're done, it'll be probably fourteen. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, but now it's it's really looking awesome. I mean, the, the design, the layout, all it's just like really, really looking great. So this, now's the fun time and getting to go over there and you know take videos and stuff like that. So um, well, about this time we try to just at least touch on the local market. We're in the DFW area, so we try to do a market update. And um, from days on market and all that, has not really changed a whole lot. What has changed a little bit and made news was our, our median house price had crept up above 400000 for a while. And that made news. Well, now it's gone back down under that. And so it's waffling around the $400,000. Uh, and we, when, in the article, um, Tavis, you Highlighted this one quote from the the expert that they were um, you're interviewing, and I think you know her possibly, but she basically said, "If it's a well done house that's clean and sell ready and looks like a model home, like it's ready to go. They're taking it seriously. It will move. If it's not that, and you're having to use your imagination and you're having to um, you know sort of make exceptions and." this house is not really market ready, it's probably going to sit. So that is a huge indicator of like, look, do your work, get the place clean, paint, stage if you can, uh, do everything you can to take it seriously. Like, look, we're going to move this because if you do that, houses are moving. It's still under 30 days on market on average. So um, yeah, I mean, it's a a good market to be in if you're wanting to sell, you know, and Josh Krista, they're selling and they're actually going to rent for a while. So they're not even going to go on the other side trying to look for one. So this is a Really good time for them because there's just not a lot of inventory. So I think we'll be in good shape.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? From Dallas, Texas, the flash apparently official. There's good news and bad news. This is a massive story. Who wouldn't
1: publish it? We landed on the moon! Man, I've got certain information, all right?
0: Certain things have come to light. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen.
1: All right, on the news front. Like we said, we live in the DFW area, but more specifically, North Dallas. More specifically, Tavis lives in Plano. I do a lot of work in Plano. I've spent tons and tons of time there, Uh, sold houses there, done a lot of therapy in Plano. And one of the huge landmarks that you will drive by, we actually mentioned it on the podcast just randomly a couple of times ago. Um, I don't remember which episodes you'll, you'll have to go back and listen to all of them. There's only 12, so just go ahead and get <laughs> caught up. But we mentioned this uh, building is the old EDS building and it is in the heart of Plano at Legacy and Parkwood. It is huge, and it's going under a redevelopment. There's a new buyer in 2018, and they're finally redeveloping it. And it looks like it is huge. Tavis, why don't you give a few of the highlights from that article? Like you remember, like the the investment number and how big that property is. I think is enormous.
0: Yeah, and not only is it uh, a big project. I mean, they're saying first phase is going to be a billion dollars. Uh, to renovate this property good grief um and but what's cool i mean it's a i super, think total is four billion yeah yeah um yeah four billion total that's insane and it's a i mean it's a super cool building if you've ever driven by this is like uh, any of you guys here in dallas um uh, this is legacy and parkwood area on the south side um of that uh of that intersection mm-hmm. It used to be the EDS building. It looks like the UN is there. <laughs> like yeah. it looks
1: like you're driving past the some UN because there's flags all down this long corridor, a huge gate out front. I mean, it looks like an imposing, an yeah. imposing building.
0: And if if I'm not, I'm pretty sure this building was built in the 90s, it, it maybe early 2000s. I mean, we moved to Plano in 2004, and um, this building had been there before that. So. I, it, but it was there before pretty much anything else around in that area. Mm. Like even before like Shops of Legacy and stuff was being built out. So 99 acres, it says. It looks like, I mean, from the renderings, it's going to be super cool. Like they've got some crazy modern waterfalls and a lot of really cool mm. hard scales. Yeah. It, it's going to be, that's going to be And yeah, really they're making legit. it like this medical life science. <laughs> I don't know what that means a life science campus it's four billion Uh, dollars they're gonna make a bunch of clones and you know i'm sure it's gonna be like (laughs) all the dna stems and you know stem cell stuff (laughs) i don't know
1: this is why we do real estate (laughs) and they do life science stuff we think they're doing clone stems and stuff like that but uh, yeah what's cool for us is that in that article it was saying they estimate that it's going to bring $240 million worth of salary to the area, 2,000 jobs in the yeah. initial phase. They're hoping to maybe bring in a research hospital eventually. Like this seems like it's going to be
0: yeah. a, a really cool hub. $240 million salary, uh, dollars in salary on the low end, it says. Yeah. And that's per our God. council or city council member.
1: That's yeah. Crazy. And so from a real estate perspective, you know, Tavis, you've got a midterm rental in Plano. That's where you live. Do you have any other, do you have another midterm in Plano or is that it?
0: Two in Plano and one in Richardson. So There's something, something about off? the, uh, former JP, uh, JC Penny campus among, uh, really uh, among more than 70 million square feet of office space. So that's something, something about that's uh, on the other side. Yeah. That's on the other side of the, of the street. Isn't that yeah. totally, huh? Hey, Interesting. Do,
1: they, they were talking a couple a little while ago. They had that whole uh, tram. Did you Did you ever read that article where they were trying to do that aerial tram around that whole that whole part of town? No. They had approved uh, zoning for uh, and, and this above ground sort of gondola tram area over there in Plano and maybe going through Legacy or maybe it was up in the Frisco. there's that little triangle. You have Nebraska furniture mar, you got Legacy oh, yeah. and you got the then you have the star up there at the Cowboys. And so I thought yeah, that'd be really neat if they could connect all
0: that. They did that in Las Colinas really? in the eighties. Yeah. If you've ever kind of been in there focused on the las colinas area but it never really did much um you know the ibm p- campus was there and stuff like that and it was super cool like they had the tram running through the buildings and stuff like that like it was it was pretty cool and i think it still runs to today but i don't know i have a huge respect for
1: commercial developers and it's not just a square building like, like take legacy or the star or grandscape up here Anything like that, that is this master planned thing that takes a decade to fill out. You know, the idea that they, they thought about that and they started developing and zoning and moving dirt and putting the whole infrastructure for all of that. And then, you know, you can go and enjoy it and it makes sense. And it, I don't know. I, that is fascinating to me. And then what on top of that, you add in an aesthetic. That's really interesting. You know, like this new building looks really modern, really, really cool. I mean, I don't know that it's going to be open to the public. Maybe you could go, there's going to be a hotel there. So I guess you could go take part in it, maybe have dinner there or whatever, and kind of get to experience the the thing. But the whole new PGA up in Frisco, that whole development, I sat in on a deal with the uh, the mayor at one point and just people who can have that vision and know sort of what they want it to be on a huge, huge scale. And, you know, I get to do it a little house at a time, you know, 2600 square feet. It's hard enough for me to say, let's move this one wall and we're going to do the island here. And then, you know, in a few months or in my case, 14 months later, you look back and say, wow, that worked out. That's pretty cool. And so to do that on a huge, huge scale, man, those that is a different level. And that's I, I think that is a huge skill. Fingers crossed, because for for us, from a value, a house value perspective, from an investment standpoint, anything in Plano like that, you look, um, we'll be looking to flip some houses over there because there's plenty of older houses that need attention and need some flipping. And uh, if we can figure out how to to cheaply take out cast iron, <laughs> mm-hmm. can take out some cast iron pipes, and uh, you know, take out a uh, a few wet bars and all that, we'll we'll, we'll be in the money right there. So. We need. We need to start going knocking on doors now before they start bringing in all those people to buy houses. <laughs> Let's go, ladies and
0: gentlemen. Welcome to the night's main event. Let's do this. Hey,
1: can I have everybody's attention, please? Let's go. Let's go, bro. Well, good deal. Well, speaking of wet bars, we are going to get into our main event. And today's main event, our real estate deep dive on our on our Friday episode, we are going to talk a little bit about some of the design features that we as flippers kind of run across a good bit in this area specifically, but I'm sure this is applicable to other parts of the country. Let's kind of talk about the ones that we definitely always take out and some of them that we might not always take out or we we sort of repurpose or put another spin on it, so Tavis, why don't you get us started? Why don't you've you've been into a lot of houses with that eye of yeah? We definitely got to get rid of this. So, why don't we start with a couple of the uh, the design features? You know, uh, Plano was built mostly in the '70s and early '80s, and uh, we have a lot of areas of town that are '60s and '70s where we flip. So, what are some of the design features that you're you're always thinking? My gosh, what were they thinking back then? And you got to figure out a way to get around it.
0: Yeah, for sure. So. You know, one of the things that uh, that you're going to notice in most of these uh, 70s neighborhoods throughout uh, Plano, Carrollton, etc., you know, for some odd, crazy reason, I don't know why they did it, but they're always, not only do they not look the best, but they're also usually problematic, and that is starting with the curb appeal, looking at the front of the home, and you will see these wing walls. So these old brick wing walls. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yep. and sometimes, kind of sometimes these footers on those things are like 18 inches deep, you know, I don't know why they originally mm. did it. You know, it, if you drive around town, I mean, a lot of homes back then were built without fences as well. So maybe they just kind of did it mm. with the concept of like kind of giving, you know, giving it a more of a wider feel, I guess, maybe, I don't know, or defining the property yeah, that's line. Interesting. Um, you know, but in Polk, we
1: had one over on the, on the right. And, but the air, yeah, I could see it if it was blocking the air conditioning unit or something. Yeah. But that one was in the backyard way farther back. So yeah, I, I guess I did, I, it never really dawned on me that, like, I know we had to paint it, but I didn't, it never really dawned on me. Like, why was this here in the yeah. first place? But yeah. now that I think about it, I have so no like idea. So like you, you slowly really start weird.
0: seeing them get removed, right? Like, I mean, that was one of the things we did in one of our first phase remodels at our, our primary residence. You know, you definitely kinda, you know, look at that. Now, it just depends. But most of the time, like if they're destroyed, you know, or they're where they're they look like there's major foundation problems to the house. Usually it's not. It's just the wing wall is in bad shape. And so demoing the wing hmm. wing wall is the best solution there. Um and then going inside the home, um, you know, a lot of people push back just because you're gonna run into these eight foot ceilings most of the time. And then even worst case, um, you get into some of these Fox Jacobs homes or, you know, these you know, scalloped, um you know Colford ceilings in the entry that actually make the entry ceiling lower. So just sometimes just take taking that and raising it up to eight foot flat makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um and changing yeah. lighting and, and all of that can actually uh, make the feel of the entry of the home much better than what uh than than what it felt like before, right? Even though you can't really necessarily change the ceiling height, um, you can do little things that make a big difference. Taking out headers, you know, for instance, in a doorway. We did that at Mapleton, if you remember, you had that case Mm -hmm. opening with the doorway. So just taking that heading out, going up to eight foot flat and letting that continue from your main entryway into the family room made a world of difference, you know.
1: So little things and like just, that, just for those people who don't, for those of you who aren't familiar with construction, because honestly, I didn't quite, and I'd heard of the header, but if you're, if you're looking at a door, if you're walking down a hallway and the ceiling is above you and it's high, and then you go to a door and this, the wall drops down a little bit and the casing around the door is there. What we did in Mapleton is we actually took the whole frame of the door out and moved that wall up so it's flush, so when you open up you're looking down that hallway now instead of seeing a dead end into the door, you actually can see all the way into the living room. It opens the whole area, but it's probably i don't know what is it two feet or something like that, eighteen inches between the top of the door frame and the actual ceiling, so about a
0: foot and a half
1: yeah you're like well what what is that but I mean, I'm telling you that right there when you open up that front door and then you can look down the hallway and that header is gone now and it, it opens, it made just aesthetically, mm-hmm. it made such a difference. It was a real, yeah. and I wouldn't have thought of that. You know, that was one of those things that you saw early on and said, Hey, get rid of that. That, and I'm glad we did.
0: Yeah. I mean, you've got to reinforce the ceiling, um, you know, because that support, you know, for that open space is there. Um, mm. so you've got to move that support up into the attic space when you do something like that. But, um, another big thing is like the, the doorways with the, uh, you know, the, the, the double doors or the, the twin doors leading from the kitchen mm-hmm. to the family room or the kitchen to the dining space. A lot of times, so um, like the saloon doors, yeah, the saloon style doors, you know, that you find in bathrooms and then, you know, just those, those slatted, uh, louvered, uh, double doors, you know, so mm-hmm. taking those off, doing a case opening, You know, just little things like that can make a big difference. And you mentioned uh, wet bars earlier. Obviously, you've come across that a few times and, you know, see these wet bars. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I don't know what your thought is on them. But for me, the biggest issue with a wet bar, in my opinion, depending on where it is, sometimes they're in a really funky location and you're like, why is this here? Really, the, the truth to it is they put sinks in there. And so then it takes up counter space and it usually... Hmm. A lot of times they're only cold water. There's not even hot water to that side. Hmm. Doesn't make a lot of sense. If you're thinking you ran a bar sink here to wash dishes. So why is there only cold water? But you know, whatever was going on in the seventies, you know, they were using tap water back then, I guess, you know, (laughs) so just using cold water there made more sense, but removing the sink, uh, in my opinion, can make a big difference. And the cool thing is that let's say that it's a more expensive home and you're like, Hey, I want to make it a cool bar and I want an ice maker here. Well, if it's got a sink, then it's got a drain. So then you can actually Hmm. use a clear ice maker that has a pump and a drain to it and hook right up. So that's kind of nice. Sometimes you can use that space for something else and then getting rid of the sink gives you more counter space. So, you know, what is popular right now is having like a wine bar and a coffee bar. You know, mm-hmm. you can easily convert those spaces into something that's cool, versus something that's doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, for me, you know what what I the ones that seem well, I'll say this and and the ones I've seen, especially home health, when you get older, mm-hmm. and a lot of the, a lot of those, you know, some of them drink, but a lot of the older folks they don't drink a whole lot, and they just become these collection areas for dust and tchotchkes yeah. and old shot glasses and oh man those areas are just it's it just kind of becomes a dump and they a lot of times they would wall that area with mirrors or some of the shelving would yep. be mirrored sometimes it's a little bit a sunken down it just becomes this a little bit of an odd area now some people use it but like you said and this is what you did at your house and this is what we're doing at Mapleton we created a much more functional and aesthetically pleasing bar area just off of the kitchen where we extended the cabinets and the countertop. We have a few floating shelves. We're gonna put a beverage center there. We're gonna put an outlet in for the coffee maker. So you have this area that's dedicated to making drinks or having a blender or having the coffee maker. And it's not squared off. It's not taking up a bunch of square footage necessarily. And it would be pretty easy if at some point, for whatever reason, you wanted to use it for something else you could put cookbooks there. You could use the the shelves for not liquor storage, but whatever. You know, you could put dishes and that sort of thing. So it's going to be really functional. But uh, most people have some sort of beverage center that they want. And the the dedicated beverage fridge or the uh, ice maker these days is, is really, really popular. So I'm really glad that we went ahead and paid for that um, function over at Mapleton. But as far as, you know, the old school ones, you can, it's not, you're going to not get a lot of square footage back. But to me, it just almost looks dated. So if if you either repurpose it and resurface things and actually make it functional with the coffee maker or just, I would say, just get rid of it. Um, For me, you know, some of the design things that are, are interesting. And I think you ran into this at your Echo property is the just almost arbitrary architectural shelf above mm-hmm. some entryway i think going into that living room area where the the fireplace was you took that header out there and you'll also see in the 90s for some reason i don't the decorator whoever was helping design those they just thought that there was going to be these huge baskets of vines or something up on these shelves up high above in bathrooms or something. There's these like really weird collection areas above bathrooms or above windows. And you're like, what am I supposed to do with that? I mean, 10 years into owning that house is four inches of dust. That's all that's there. And I don't know what... Purpose it served in designing it, you know. So things like that, you can either take out or you can wall up or you know try to address. I know you could, if it's lower, you can maybe make it some sort of custom bookshelf or something like that, which would be a little bit more functional. But a lot of the really odd nooks and crannies with sheetrock and shelving, I think, screams 1990s. And the other one is uh, sunken living rooms, and we we see a lot of sunken mm-hmm. living rooms. And so I think addressing that you know, I think you've said before, if you can do it with concrete, go for it. But if for some reason you're, you're going to deck it, it it can sound weird when you're walking and feel weird. So, yeah. um, have and you it, ever filled in a sunken living room? Is that something I that-
0: I have? Um, I have in several now in some places I've kept the sunken living room. I, part of it kind of def- depends on how it defines the space. Like if I feel like it's something that you're walking through and you got to step in and step out of, and it's Mm -hmm. not very, um, uh, you know, it's something you're going to trip over or it's like, uh, it's just not in the best location. If I feel like it's like off to the side, like my son's house, for instance, I left that sunken living room just from the cost analysis, Mm -hmm. but it actually defined the space because the family room was separate from the dining. And even though there was no walls there, uh, but the step down from the dining to the family room worked, right? right. Um, and so okay. the, the furniture layout and stuff, it kind of anchored where the couch was going and things like that. So it made sense. So I think it's case by case. Um, you know, otherwise, yeah, I mean, you're mm-hmm. looking at 2500 to $3,000 on average to fill one in. So it could be yeah. a costly yeah. mm-hmm. an expense that may or may not truly change the outcome of the sale. Um so that's something you just gotta look at you know yeah. another big thing is uh we've talked about this before, but fur downs you know in some cases they were mm-hmm. done because they ran the ducts through them on other cases they just mm-hmm. you know they kind of closed in the gap from the ceiling to the top of the cabinets and um mm-hmm. you know nowadays we're we're seeing people actually take cabinets all the way up to an eight foot ceiling or It might take it Mm -hmm. even all the way up to a 10-foot ceiling, right, versus leaving open space above it. Um, So those are just little things that we see architecturally that are in some of these old homes that are easy to kind of look through. The other big thing uh, is formal living and dinings. And even though it may not make, like at Mapleton, for instance, you had that big formal living, and then you also had the formal dining. And so, of course, we wanted to keep Mm -hmm. the formal dining But it didn't make a lot of sense to leave the formal living room, and so Mm -hmm. and the bedrooms were smaller. So you know, we ended up making you making two bedrooms into one big bedroom and a master suite, and then the bathroom Mm -hmm. and a closet. But then the formal living became an office, right? Um, And then it allowed us to open that dining space up into the kitchen with that bar area that kind of you know sat in between the two to serve that space well. So it, it connected yep. the kitchen to the dining space and made a lot of sense, right. From entertaining and things like that. Um, and oh, yeah. I've, uh, I've taken some of these formal livings and turned them into kind of a lounge feel, like more of like a wine room or, you know, wine room slash music room. You know, I try to think of mm-hmm. like hotel lobbies in that sense, right. It's like, how do you make this right. kind of funny space feel, feel different or maybe in some cases you swap it and you make the formal living, the dining, because it's bigger. And then you actually make mm. the smaller dining space now like a little wine lounge with like four four armchairs or something like that, right? Yeah. Make it more yeah, cozy cool. and, and kind of make it more of a sitting area. You know, so it, just making little changes like that, and it, it doesn't really cost a lot. It's just trying to think through, you know, function and flow of the property and how it lays out. For sure. And that's where staging comes in, because
1: if you can sort of paint that picture for someone and you make it look cool when you're trying to sell it, it's awesome. I mean, you walk through something like that, it's different. You can imagine yourself there with your friends and it kind of gives your house a little bit of a unique feel. And um, but if it's if if it's blank, good luck. You know, people are going to kind of wonder what your what your thoughts were there. So for
0: sure, staging in that sense pays off. Another, uh, another one is bathrooms, right? So the biggest thing you see in these bathrooms are the vanities are low. So easy way to cheat that versus putting in new vanities is leave the vanity at that 30 inch height that it is, and then get a, an above mount sink or a, like a rectangle style, you know, semi-surface sink that'll sit up on yeah. top. And if you get one that's like four inches tall, now your faucet especially if you get one with the faucet hole built into it so now the the countertop stays at 30 but you've now raised the sink up and your faucet is now at 36 and you could put a nice big you know 24 inch vessel sink there or something um and it, it yeah just, that's a cool look yeah it creates a really cool look and you didn't spend money on the, the changing out the vanity and plumbing stayed the same you literally just change your countertops in the sink, but instead of doing an undermount sink that keeps it lower, you raise it up. So it's kind of a cool little trick that I like to do. Yeah,
1: something about the 1970s, the average height must have changed because in the (laughs) 70s they had shower heads that hit me about in my chest and sinks and uh, they were low and ovens that you have to bend over for. So
0: I'm glad you mentioned the shower heads because I think that's almost every job I have at almost every house.
1: Yeah, I'm almost hitting my head on the fur down in the shower. And then the shower head hits me in my chest.
0: I'm 6'2". You're like 6'3", you know, 6'4". I don't know how tall you are, but you're taller than me. Um, 6'3". And it's, you know, yeah. I mean, you look at these showers and you're like, this is not going to work. So that's an easy thing to do. Even if you're not even changing the valves (laughs) out. If you're changing tile, raise that shower head up, you know. So yeah, little things like that. Take the fur down out, raise the shower head up especially in these, uh, midterm rentals, we're, we're taking out, uh, hallway bathtubs a lot of times and putting in, uh, Mm -hmm. showers, putting in a, uh, a shower pan that can work with where the existing plumbing drain is in a tub and Mm -hmm. just swap it out with a, you know, acrylic uh, shower pan and then putting a sliding door in. Um, and you know, my rule of thumb, as long as you have one tub in the house, uh, then I think that works. You know, some people, Mm -hmm. obviously there's, you know, I used to say 50, 50, it's probably less than that. It's probably about 25% of people want a tub in the master now. And about 75% Mm -hmm. people just say, give me a shower. But there's still about that 25% out there that really wants that soaking tub. So, you know, it's something Mm -hmm. to kind of think about, uh, depending on the layout of the master bath and things like that. But well, man, good tips. Um, we we enjoy, that's
1: the fun part, walking into a house and kind of imagining what it can be and what can I do with that wall. I, I love, love doing that. And you get a little bit better at it and the skill definitely comes in and you start having a better imagination on on where things can go, so... Well, that'll do it for today. If someone wanted to get in touch with you, Tavis, if someone wanted to rekindle a, a, a real estate relationship that has been dormant since 2012, and they wanted to sell you a house, have you helped them out with a, with a flip somewhere in uh, the Dallas area? How would they get in touch with you?
0: Uh, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. You know, or just uh, reach out to us anywhere you see us. I mean, you can Google me and connect that way as well. So yeah, looking forward to, uh, talking to you guys. Yep. Always looking. Um, I, uh, am,
1: the Dallas Real Estate Guy on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, um, Ashton Hines. Please reach out. If you have any questions about the market, you want to come check out the flip over on Mapleton. I'm going to start advertising. I think we're going to do a little bit of an open house for investors and other brokers and agents that just want to show off the, the finished product over at Mapleton. And I'm hoping that next weekend we can get that done. So stay tuned for that. But Otherwise, just reach out. We'd love to chat with you. And until then... Until next Tuesday, which is a real estate heavyweight university. Hope you have a great, week and a great weekend.